Welcome, welcome, welcome. It has been a long while. Uh, lots has happened. Uh, to be completely frank, I wasn't actually sure I was ever going to record again. Uh, for those of you that don't, I mean, everyone and their brother does a podcast. Who uh, who are we kidding? But now that the pandemic's largely over, it's it's kind of died off. Not not maybe not everyone anymore. Um, but I'm certainly not special in this. Um, but for anyone who's tried to do a podcast, it is so draining. Uh, I I'm not one to normally just sit here and talk to myself. That in itself is is quite difficult and a pain in the ass. But uh, I just honestly haven't been feeling it lately. Uh, not lately. I mean, it's been half a year almost. I think my last episode was in November of, of last year. Um, it's ju- it just weighs. It weighs on you. It weighs watching the world slowly burn and basically reliving it, updating everyone else uh, while while it's happening. Um, but I don't know. We're, we're heading into a season where things that we've been saying are coming. Uh, they're starting to, to bubble to the surface. And it just felt pertinent to kind of touch back in. I'm not going to commit. I may, this may be my next episode, and then I might be off for the whole summer. Who knows? I'm not committing to shit. Um, but I will, I will say, like, though we've been off uh, by some miracle or another, the, the channel, the, the show keeps growing. Um, I check in probably once, maybe twice a month just to see how our analytics are doing. And, uh, I'm, I'm shocked every time. Uh, we usually have 300 downloads per episode, uh, and that, that'll grow as an episode ages. But, um, (laughs) as I'm not doing anything over the last, like, three, four, five months, uh, I'm still averaging, like, 50 downloads a week, um, which just shocked me so i checked into the the podcast email and i've got people reaching out who like i've never engaged with before and they're like hey like we want more we want to we want to touch base we want keep doing them basically uh and i appreciate the encouragement although I, i really don't know if i want to so we'll see if that continues um but before i get too far i can't forget that so just touching base, last episode we did, we were talking about Trudeau's handgun ban and, and the sweeping 300-page amendment to ban all sorts of different guns, including shotguns and hunting guns. Um, makes sense to touch on that first. Uh, a lot of those guns have been scrapped. Uh, at the time, I, I'm, I'm not going to re-listen to my episode. I don't, I don't want to hear my voice. Um, but I, I believe I said that I think that they'll end up scrapping it And then they'll call everything else a win. Like the conservatives will say, hey, we stopped them from banning all these other things that are just sheer ridiculous, but we're going to let the rest of the bill go through, which will codify handguns as prohibited, uh, making it very difficult to undo. Uh, You would need a legislative amendment to, to do that. It's not just a sweep order in council and it's gone. So that's kind of what I saw coming back then. I'm not sure if I put that into words or not but uh as it sits right now it's likely to see that play out that way um so for those of you like me who got all their licenses and stuff in in place right before handguns went out were unable to get a handgun uh you probably aren't gonna get one by the looks of by the looks of the way things are going um but for now they're gonna leave their 
have no choice. They, they caught enough flack and blowback that uh, they're not going to be coming for as many guns as they thought they were. Um, just the handguns and, and a bunch of uh, heavy caliber you're talking Africa guns. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, y'all should allow them to come after any. They shouldn't. I, I disagree with gun legislation on, on the whole. Um, but largely speaking, most of us don't have uh, 10,000 jewel guns sitting around. Um, though, I would absolutely love the finances to be able to buy a Barrett 50 cal. Um, I don't see that happening anytime soon, but uh, that'll be illegal too. But the rest of the world, man, it's just burning. Uh, we've talked about the past, the, the CCP and their issues globally, let alone domestically. Um, we've talked about the fact that they had Chinese-funded police stations on, on Canada soil. Um, that's kind of come to a bit of a boil as well uh, as it comes out that uh, many candidates, uh, I think there was like 11 um, directly received funding or support from the CCP or affiliates with the CCP. Uh, I believe the one candidate in BC, uh, they had Chinese nationals um, on some form of permanent residency or whatnot. They were actually bused to voting stations and told who to vote for. Uh, again, it was the liberal candidate. I make no distinction. The candidate happened to be Asian. Um, the target of the influence campaign doesn't actually matter to me. Uh, it's inconsequential that the candidate was Asian. Uh, it could have been a white liberal. It could have been an African-American liberal. It doesn't matter. They, they, they were, the whole intent was just to influence the election period. It's honestly, it's actually works in their favor that the candidate was Asian because now you can paint it with, Oh, you're just racist. Um, for those of you that are new here, I tend to draw a little nuance between Asian and CCP or Chinese and CCP. Uh, you go back to one of my first episodes when we talked about Hong Kong and how the CCP steamrolled them during the, the, under the shield of COVID, uh, in 2020, they, they absolutely overruled their democracy and steamrolled Hong Kong as a semi-individual nation. And I said from the start there, we, we should have expedited emergency visas to get all of our kinfolk, as it is a Commonwealth nation, and until the treaty runs out, it will, it was to be considered such, um, so a little distinction. I'm not anti-China. I'm actually very pro-Chinese people, very pro-Hong Kong people. I have friends I touch in touch base with quite often over there because I am genuinely invested in in the well-being and honestly the ultimate downfall of the CCP. Uh, so if you're baiting the racist tropes, it ain't gonna happen here because trust me, I just I just hate dictators. I hate tyrants. I don't really care what, uh, what your skin color is, your ethnicity, your religion, even I don't care as long as we can cut you down the middle on your beliefs. If, if you sit there and say, Hey, I support lockdowns. I support mandates. I support authoritarianism. I'm not going to get along with you. I don't care if you're as white as the driven snow. It doesn't matter to me. All I care about is where you stand on 
the role of government should have or to the extent that they should have any amount of power. Uh, the rest doesn't matter. Uh, we live in a time where it really can be that simple. Uh, it's, it's, I've gone from a single issue voting to I'm just a single issue person. It, tell me what you think of the government. I'll tell you what I think of you. It, it's, it's really that simple. And to date, it's been fairly accurate. So yeah, Trudeau, uh, I don't know. <laughs> To some level, I actually respect his ability to just skate by everything. That guy is Teflon, and it comes as a direct consequence of his voting base just being absolutely vegetables. Uh, like, I'm sorry, it's it's 2023, and we've had how many scandals? SNC-Lavalin, he forced out the first Indigenous Justice uh, Minister of Justice in Canada. Like... All of these sexual assault charges at West Point Grey, uh, groping media representatives in Vancouver, uh, blackface countless times, uh, foreign dignitaries laughing at him when he dresses up in ceremonial Indian garb at an Indian event where none of the Indians dressed up as ceremonial garb. Just him. He, ma he made a laugh. The guy is scandal-plagued, but to his credit... Nothing sticks, and it's because it is truly because he surrounds himself with potatoes. Uh, if, you, if you think today Justin Trudeau is anything but the worst prime minister we've ever had, I'm sorry to, to inform you, but uh, you're a potato, and the prognosis is not good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully this will sink the ship. Uh, I keep seeing polling numbers come out and they're like, oh, like he's at 26% and conservatives at 35. And it's like, yeah, that's great to see. It's great to see people are slowly coming to, but what many Canadians don't understand is the liberals don't actually have to beat the conservatives at all. Uh, like, I mean, you could get final results where the conservatives beat them by 10% cleanly. And the liberals can still form government. And, and so few people catch this. And it's, it's because of the NDP coalition. That's the only reason they're in power today. But granted, we'll believe the election numbers. That's fine. Like, whatever. We just have a ton of stupid people. Um, but Trudeau got a squeaky minority. Uh, and he's glued together by the NDP support. The problem is, that support isn't strictly limited to a minority government. They can form coalition government so long as they have more seats. So if the, if the conservatives beat them by 10%, if they beat them by 10%, as long as the NDP picked up 11% of the seats that they're missing, they form government. If they can agree on a coalition, which they absolutely will. Uh, they are two wings of the exact same bird. Don't get me wrong. At this point, all of the parties may as well be uniparty. But from a from a pragmatic standpoint, if you're a conservative cheering on a 10% lead, meanwhile the NDP have 14% of the vote, you got other problems. You're not seeing the big picture. Uh, and you know what? I'm at the point now where I'm like, we as Canadians deserve what we get. We really do. I mean, we deserve the mess we're in now because so many people supported a potato. And uh, at some point, 
y'all got to pay that price. And uh, it just sucks for people like me who have to go along with it. But you know what? Y'all got lessons to learn. But on that topic, it's time to switch gears and throw some shit at Polyev. Uh, I've, I do still respect Pierre Polyev, and I do think working within the messed up broken system we have, he is the best of the worst. Uh, I, I've lost a little bit of shine on that guy. Um, I still will likely vote conservative for a federal election. Um, however, man, Polyev just keeps dropping the ball and I kind of know tactically they're, they're aiming for center. Um, but you can't, you can't abandon your base. You can't abandon your principles. Even if it's a hill you die on, you got it. You got conservatism. What the hell are you conserving? If you just keep giving up ground, um, but he caught a lot of hell, and I've, I've seen them attempt damage recovery over some of his cabinet meeting with the German MP in the European Parliament. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Um, Christine Anderson, perhaps? Um, not positive on that, but she was, throughout the whole pandemic, she was anti-authoritarian, uh, very pro-freedom, very, very common sense in my perspective um but it they did a good job smearing her um somehow they linked her to nazis which is ironic the yeah of course they're going to invoke nazis with a german member of parliament they don't like uh although if anyone's familiar with uh, the german people the german political sphere anything uh yeah no there is no room for that uh there is no appetite for it and no if if you're going to see an uprising of nazis again it's not coming from germany it's really not uh if i had to throw my money at something maybe ukraine but uh no you're not you're not getting a legitimate nazi party in power in germany in 2023 sorry um but this is where conservatives really dropped the ball. Uh, instead of refuting the claim that she's a Nazi or she comes, she holds unspeakable values. Um, they just they just accepted it. Uh, some apologized. One of the one of the ministers that met with her uh, issued a formal apology. I didn't know about her her misgivings and her ideology. Well, no, you didn't check any of it. You just took liberal media's word at it, uh, and you want to play their game. Yeah, you're you're kowtowing to their rules. Uh, I I was open to the concept. Okay, maybe she. Maybe she is pro-freedom, anti-authority, but she does maybe hold some views that I may not align with. So I, I tried to find some clips that would lean that way, see if I can find some confirmation. And the worst thing I could find uh, was a clip where she was bad-mouthing the religion of Islam, but she was meticulous in removing the people from the belief system. And... I really don't care as a Christian. Uh, I there's some serious conversations I could have with a person of Muslim faith. However, it's really not my fight to fight. I I don't need to have an opinion because I keep my public policy and my religion largely separate. Sometimes my religious views impact how I would do public policy. For example, I, I've talked about abortion before. I'm pro life. I'm fervently pro life. 
Uh, however, when it comes to public policy, I have to find a balancing point between my personal conviction and imposing that on the public. If I, if I was in office, uh, you would have to have common ground because I, ca I cannot run, I would not run a religious government. Like you just can't impose your religion on everyone. You have to balance your morals with your, with your religion and then your role as a public policy servant. Uh, I've compromised that, that hypothetical as a heartbeat bill. No questions. I, although I still disagree with pre heartbeat, it's a life from conception. However, public policy, I, I would draw my middle ground as heartbeat. And I think if you were honest about that conversation, that argument, I think you get a lot more people on that ground. But I digress. She said some stuff where she rebuked the, the principles of Islam. Uh, I believe she called it a vile and violent religion, uh, which I'm not going to make her break the case. Um, but there's definitely room to say this, that. There's absolutely hadiths that, that would suggest that Islam could be interpreted in a violent manner. If you get some of the orthodox Islam people, Muslims, uh, that follow the hardcore, you get Al-Qaeda. Like, there is not, there is no room where you can't say, okay, well, some people do believe that. Much like you look at orthodox, hardcore Christianity, and you get people like the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, it's not a religious argument, it's, but it is, you can take that perspective. Uh, so, if that is the worst they could come out with, it's stuck because people allowed it to stick and it's stuck because left-wing journalists are impervious to having to back up their claims. They just throw racist or Nazi and people let it stick and that's that. So Polly have caught a lot of hell over that. Um, it really riled the PPC base back up. A lot of people that were ready to switch are now, okay, well, we can't trust him. And sorry, Sorry, guys, uh, I, I support the PPC myself as well. Uh, you can't trust anyone. Um, to my PPC voters, uh, it's 2023 and Max Bernier just got his gun license, but he's always, about the, he's always been about the gun community. No, he hasn't. At least Polyev has had his license for a decade or more. Um, it's, you're, you're all being played. Uh, it's a sad realization, myself included. I have played into this game myself. It's been quite the development in the last little while. Um, but we've, we've kind of been tracking this way for some time. Nobody's coming to save you. Uh, sure, the political system, you can try and pick the best horse. But at the end of the day, you're the one who saves you. Uh, when shit hits the fan, when things fall apart, nobody's coming to help you. Uh, so get your affairs in order and uh, help yourself. And on the topic of saving yourself, uh, it looks like the economy is slowly showing the cracks that have formed over the last couple years. Uh, you're going to see that continue. Uh, the damage that has been done the last week in the American financial system will have profound ripple effects for the next 6 to 12 months. Uh, practically speaking, it very well could be the official start of what they'll likely call the recession. Um, 
truth be told, we've, we've known it's coming. Uh, even if you take the enormous money printing everyone did for the pandemic and remove that, uh, you look at Biden's new budget, uh, there's still another, an extra trillion and a bit more in debt um, than their budget allows. Their, their deficit is over a trillion dollars. Uh, you ignore the fact that we've laundered all the money we can to Ukraine uh, to the point where you've got Republicans talking about raising the Social Security retirement age. Um, again, what, what the hell are you conserving? What are you, what are you conserving at all? Um, these people do not have your best interests at heart at all. It doesn't matter what country you're in, what side of the aisle you're on. These people are not you. They are not your friends. They are not commoners. Um, but the financial, the financial cracks are starting to show, uh, the Canadian dollar is teetering on a friggin' toothpick that is on fire. Uh, so the Bank of Canada has stopped raising its interest rates, which is fine. I, I think we probably could have heard a little more before we had to do that. Uh, might be premature. But we have to watch what the other countries now do. Um, because if the other countries go back to printing and quantitative easing to try and kickstart or, or delay the recession slash depression... Uh, the longer we are inverse from the rest of the world, the, the more our dollar will actually grenade. And when that happens, it's going to be a bit of a tailspin for GDP and economically. Um, these are all just things we're watching for right now. Um, I know my personal accounts, I was, I was going over some of my, my investments the other day and I actually caught, so I, I self-direct all of my investments. Uh, I have workplace investments and then I have, um, personal investments and part of my workplace investments, um, when they first start you out, you don't get to self-direct. So I had a little bit stuck in, um, bonds and I was just going through my portfolio making sure I've got my chips in order because again, even if you've got $30, like you don't have, when I talk about investing, you don't have to have $20,000, $30,000 in these stocks, um, but you should have something. And, and when you see the way the table's setting up, take that to your advantage. Uh, you're, you can't avoid the fact that all of this is going to happen with or without you, um, but you can put yourself in the best position to recover from it or at least make some money off it. But I had noticed that I had a bunch of untouched bond funds and, and I was just checking my returns. And in the last year, my bonds lost me 6%. Uh, and if anyone understands how bonds are supposed to work, I lost 6% on Canadian bonds. Uh, it's, it's scary. If you, if you kind of see all of the way things are going, uh, yeah, but, um, so the, the preface of, of the topic there, um, Silicon Valley, had, they had a venture capital tech bank. Um, and again, if you're, if you're new to investing at all, venture capital is, it's like it pops up right near the end of a bull cycle when everyone's getting greedy with their money. Um, and you can basically get a return on anything. So venture capital, you just invest in like a venture capital company and they literally just take your money and go 
plug it into all of these little startups and they hope to pick a Facebook or a Instagram or a Snapchat. And this is how they make huge money. And don't get me wrong, it, it can be super profitable. But when you invest in venture capital, you inherently, you inherently, or at least should know that it is high risk. Uh, and it goes with the, with the territory. It's venture capital. It's no different than, for me, I, I invest heavily in oil and gas and and minerals. So gold, silver, copper. But part of those investments can be speculative. So you, you don't necessarily invest in a company that produces. You're looking at exploration. So you hope that they land on on an oil well that they have rights to. Um, but yeah, so this bank that funds venture capital, it it's I, I don't have all of the details right in front of me mapped out, but just cursory over what I've absorbed over the last couple of days. Um, basically, there was some funky stuff going on with their stocks. Nothing illegal, but there was a there was a artificial scare put into the market, which forced a bank run. Uh, people started getting worried that they they couldn't produce and they couldn't get their money back. So everyone was trying to grab whatever they could. They were they were closing accounts and just dumping all the money. Uh, I believe the number was something like $48 billion was attempted to be pulled. Um, so as with every bank run, like people don't realize today, like if everyone in your city went to your bank and tried to pull your money out, there isn't enough money. Uh, our banking system, because it works on a fractional basis, for every dollar you put in, they only actually, sorry, for every $10 you put in, they only actually have to hold a dollar. And it doesn't even have to be accessible at that branch. It just has to be centralized. Um, so TD, for every $10 I have in, they only have to account for a dollar. So they can take my nine and go loan it out in a mortgage, or they can loan it out on a car or venture capital. They can put, they can do anything with it. It's not my money at that point. It's theirs. And I have claim to it. Now, granted, we have federal, the states as well have all regulated banks have federal insurance. So a federal body would then cover insurance up to $250,000. Um, Canada has the same thing. Under a quarter million, your money is technically insured by the government. And again, that money theoretically should be accessible. Uh, the problem with that is if there's a bank run and you don't have money, you don't have a year to sort out the federal claim on the insurance to get your money. You're shit out of luck until the government comes to save you, which isn't going to happen. Uh, and even through regular process, it's going to be months before you, you get remedied. Uh, and in the meantime, how are you going to feed your family? How are you going to get to work? Uh, so this has started now. Now in the States, it hasn't come to Canada yet. It probably won't if I'm being frank. Um, but in the States, you're now seeing more, more banks getting run on. Uh, and I think we might be seeing a snowball effect at this point. Uh, we'll see what kind of messaging comes out in the States next week as to how they try and calm consumer nerves. Uh, I know myself, even in Canada, uh, me and a, a couple people in my friend group, uh, the, the group message chat went out and said, Hey, pull some savings. Uh, I have a rule myself. I have X amount. I have a set savings amount that once I hit that level, 
no more money goes into my savings account. Uh, say it's $1,000. Um, once I hit that number, anything extra gets invested because I'm losing money sitting in a savings account. Uh, so I literally just have a rainy day fund in a savings account. Everything else gets invested. Uh, but as we see the state starting a bank run and knowing when we had the freedom convoy, we had a bank run here in Canada too. It got really hard to get your money. Uh, so I preemptively have now taken a chunk more that I would have normally left in the bank. That's out now too. Um, again, I, I don't think we're going to see it. Um, but, but this is going to be a bit of a trend. This isn't the first and it's not going to be the last. Um, but as you see the ramifications, so I believe Silicon Valley, SVB, SVB bank, uh, it's now the second largest bank collapse to ever have happened in the States. Uh, I believe it was Neiman Marcus. I'm not positive. Anyway, the other one was in 2008 when the housing collapse happened. Um, again, that was the biggest bank. Um, and the fallout from that put us into a recession. So, but the, the different mechanisms this time, well, last time too, the housing market caused the problem, um, not the bank. It was just a symptom. But you're starting to see symptoms of horrible fiscal policy. Uh, you're going to see it here. Uh, truth be told, our cards are probably a little worse off than the states. We just don't realize it yet. Uh, the money printing has, it's going to claim its victims. Uh, eventually you have to pay the piper. So that's happening. Uh, political turmoil. I don't know if Trudeau will cling to it. I think, again, I've talked to my liberal friends too. The, the best thing Trudeau or the liberal party could do is literally get rid of Trudeau. Uh, if they just stop supporting Trudeau and put in, I think it's probably going to be, so there's two factions in the liberal party right now. And the one faction is anti-Trudeau. We'll call those the, the revolt side. And then the status quo side would be pro-Trudeau. We're going to toe the line. Uh, as we see this latest scandal develop, that line has shifted quite a lot. There's not a lot of loyalists left to Trudeau. Um, but basically I think, I think we're going to see a civil war within liberal politics very shortly. It's kind of going on behind the scenes right now. Um, but basically the way I see it, you've got two front runners, either one for each side. Uh, Anthony Housefather, I think is probably going to be the top nod on the, the rebels, the, on the, on the people against Trudeau. I think he's level-headed. He's more, he's not fully JFK liberal, but he's closer to a Crutchian liberal than, than a wild leftist like Trudeau. Um, whereas on the pro-Trudeau side, I think you're going to see, um, what the fuck's his name? Fragistakos. Um, Peter Fragistakos here in London. Uh, people don't realize how much of a, of a line tower that guy is and a yes man. Uh, he's, cozied up appropriately close, uh, to the people that need to be close. Um, but he hasn't put himself in a place of exposure. Uh, like you, like you see Marco Mendicino or, uh, Trudeau's affair girl, um, Melanie Jolly. And I don't care again, timestamp this. We will come back to this. He has had relations with Melanie Jolly. No doubt in my mind period. I mean, you don't take, you don't take your foreign affairs minister on vacation with you personally. 
unless you're sleeping with her. Uh, again, you know what? Nothing sticks to him good for him. Uh, for him to skate by all these scandals as if nothing's... Ha- like, good on him at this point. Um... But yeah, I think Peter, those, those are the two, Fragitakos and Housefather. I think you're going to see a civil war probably in the spring. Uh, once they realize an election is inevitable, uh, you're going to see them have to battle that out. Uh, and a battle it probably will be. Um, potentially some decent reform for the Liberal Party. Uh, honestly, any infighting is, is good for us. Uh, a dis-stable government of any party at this point, is welcome. Uh, if you if you're too busy screwing each other over, you can't focus on screwing us over. Uh, and I stand by those words. Money back guarantee. But yeah, I probably missed some things. I'm not too worried if I did, and I'm sure if I miss anything important, I will get emails by Monday afternoon. But yeah, that's pretty much the lay of the land. At least the big issues. We got guns, we got politics, we got economics. Uh, World War Three. Uh, again, looking back at history, we're already in it. I don't know if I covered that last last episode or not. Uh, we're certainly in it. We'll see how it goes um, as far as whether we allow it to continue to develop or if the public has had enough of a appetite and said, no, like we don't actually want what we ordered. Uh, send it back to the cook. I, I hope to God we can de-escalate the tensions, but, uh, I mean, as a man of Christ, wars and rumors of wars, uh, we're, we're in for it one way or another. Uh, I just like to see the least amount of suffering possible. Uh, I don't think that makes me a radical person at all. Um, but yeah, we'll touch on some more later. I, uh, we'll sit down for another armchair episode. We'll get, uh, we'll get buddy back in here and, uh, We'll see. Um, I'm not committing to future episodes whatsoever, but uh, I hear you. I, I see the, the consumption. Y'all still listening, and I, I do appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go through the the pay the fee speech. Y'all are doing amazing. Uh, even when I'm not around, y'all are uh, spreading the word and keeping that traffic going. So. I do appreciate all of you, even though I may ghost you again. Um, but we're all in this together individually. Uh, build your communities. That's all I can say is, is do the little things that improve your life and, and expand that under the community. Volunteer at your church. Uh, volunteer at a soup kitchen. Take a course to do trapping, to do hunting. Just small choices that that when compounded with other ones you end up a year from now in a way better place where you have the skills the mindset the physical ability that you're you're not at today uh take a outdoors course take a first aid course just do something to better your life and then do something else and do something else and just keep it going you you'd be amazed at how impactful small choices like that can be anyway again from the bottom of my heart thank you guys for following us along and uh take care of yourself stay free everyone
somewhere close to harmony when the world is sound asleep. Something's gonna bring the change. Journeys we are meant to take. Something at the edge of space, calling us to fly away. Don't you be afraid, everything will change. You and I, jumping off the edge. They say dreamers never die, so come and fly, come and fly, come and fly away with me. Come and fly away with me. Come, come, come and fly away with me.